Him we live. You know what they call that in science? An environment. In Him we live and move and have our being. Now, where is the environment we really live in? It's in, in Jesus. Welcome to The Healing Touch with Bishop Ronald F. Kimball, presiding bishop of the Life Center Churches. You can find out more about Bishop Kimball and Life Center Church at www.thelifecenter.org. Now, here's Bishop Kimball with today's message. Dr. Paul Brand and Philip Yancey, The Likeness of Christ. And in that book, he writes these words. The first transplant recipients died, not because their new heart failed, but because their bodies would not be fooled. The new heart cells looked in every respect like the old ones, and they beat at the correct rhythm. They did not belong. Nature's code of membership had been broken. The body screams foreigner at imported sales and then mobilized to destroy them. That was an amazing chapter in the book I read. This book I was reading, I read that chapter. And the heart is a very vital part of man's body. And early on, those heart transplants didn't work because they couldn't figure out at that time how do we get this body to think it's still got the old heart? <laughs> it, it, they, they couldn't do it, so guess what happened to the patient? Yes, they died. The church is called Christ's body. It is different from every other human group, unlike a social or political body. Membership in it entails something as radical as a new coated imprint inside each cell. In reality, each member becomes genetically like Christ. Isn't that amazing? You need more than a new member class. In reality, each member becomes genetically like Christ because we belong to his body. That was an amazing part that I read, but the Bible puts it this way. Are, are, are you ready? Here's, here's the way the Bible put that. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 5, Paul said, test yourself to see if you're in the faith. We talked about this not too long ago. Examine yourselves or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail the test. Jesus Christ is where? In, in you. In John 14, 20, Jesus said, I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. That's an amazing relationship. Then in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Follow me. 
Acts 17, 28 and uh, 26, I'm sorry, and 28, he made from one man, here's Paul, speaking to the high minds of his day, he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. That's just like God. God appointed the place you would live and how long you'd be there the times and the habitation. See, we have to change the way we think. You're not here doing your own thing, contrary to what people believe and think. You are not here because you was born in America or you came to America. God determined where you would be born and God determined how long you would live on his earth. For in him we live and move, for in him. I want you to notice the reoccurring phrases about in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. I am the vine, you are the branches. You have to abide in me. That's a very important phrase, and it's a way God wants us to think here. In him we live. You know what they call that in science? An environment. In him we live and move and have our being. Now, where is the environment we really live in? It's in, in Jesus. In Jesus. I can live in this earthly environment because I have a heavenly environment that keeps my spirit life alive. My earthly life gains this input from the natural world. And this is what my senses is for, to see, to feel, to touch. All of this puts me in touch with the natural world. Uh, are you with me? That's, that's what it puts me in touch with. So in him, we live and move and exist. So my environment is in a person. In him, we live and move and exist as even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. That's what people who didn't know God said, the poets. Colossians 3.3 3 says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hmm, Colossians 2.12. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. And with him you were raised to new life. Wow. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. Not some of them, all of them. All of them. Here's what the scripture says. You are dead because of your sins. As I said last week, you don't go from life to death. You go from death to life. See, we, 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 think, we think a little different. You know, in Ephesians 2, Paul said, you are dead in your trespasses and sin. Dead. What can a dead man do? Nothing. Nothing in relation to the spirit. The man that's spiritually dead can do nothing spiritually. 
The Bible says he can't even receive from God because of those things are spiritually discerned. Now, we move on along here, it says, you are dead because of your sins, that is, because of your foreskin. Paul is talking to Jews at this time. Your old nature is what he calls it. But God made you alive along with the Messiah by forgiving you all your sins. That's from the Jewish Bible. He made you alive along with the Messiah. So now your life is hid with Christ and God. One more. So if you are raised along with the Messiah, then seek the things above where the Messiah is sitting at the right hand of God, Colossians 3.1. That's a very beautiful picture. That's how the Bible puts it. Sometimes, personally, I, I may feel and sometimes act like the old man. I know you don't. Just, just listen to me. Sometimes that happens. And the reality of what God wants to get at is what we don't want to face. We struggle with being Christians. And we've struggled so much that we have totally given in to a lot of these impulses and passions that grab at us constantly, and there's a reason for that. The Word of God is still true. See, it's not true because I believe it. It was true before I even was born. You believe it doesn't make it true. Please understand that. It's true anyway, whether you believe it or not. So here's what the scriptures want us to know. The word of God is true. All the scriptures I just read is true. I am in my father and you and me. That's true. That's what God is saying here. We are in Christ. And our life is hidden. Why, why do people hide things? Why, why is it hidden with Christ and God? Why is it hidden? John said, it does not yet appear what we shall be like. We don't know what it's going to look like, this, but, but we do know. When he comes, we're going to be what? Just like him. So we, we, we are tucked away for a while until that time comes when God going to let all his glory be known, all his glory be seen. Paul said the little things that we go through, and I paraphrase that, the suffering that we go through is nothing to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed. It's, it's, there's, there's no comparison. Whatever you go, the worst you can go through can't even be compared with what God's going to reveal when he gets back about his new creation. In Colossians 3.1, Paul says, uh, Colossians 3.1, I want to start here and just move along from there. In your baptism, you shared in Christ's resurrection. That's in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. He said, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, that is, baptism, raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Keep seeking whatever belongs to that heavenly realm where you are tucked away in Christ. Keep seeking that. Keep longing for it. Keep wanting it. Now, keep seeking the things where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Then he makes a statement. 
set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Set your mind. That's just not a statement. Set your mind. Fix your thoughts. You know, when, when, when something is set, it doesn't waver. It's set. And it flows with whatever dynamics it was designed to flow in. It's set. It's set. Set. Set it. Have a mindset is what he's saying. Fix your mind on this. When you fix it on there, don't let it waver, waver around. Sometimes, you know, you cook it and you put the burner on high or you put it medium or low. Let's say you put the burner on low. You set it there and you get back at some medium. You're going to say, hey, something's wrong here. You set it back to where you want it and it shifts again. See, here's what the Apostle Paul is trying to get us to see. Set your mind. Set it. Set it. And don't let anything come and change it. I mean, that's a work. Don't go from low to high. I know it's probably on high right now. Uh, but it's not set. It's just there. Uh, but this afternoon, probably 2, 3 o'clock, it'll be on low. Set your affection or your mind on what? Things above. Now, this, this is a very deep word, if you will. It involves the will. It's something that you're willing to do. And that is the will is what you use your power to make a choice or decision. So what the scriptures are saying, deep down inside of you, make a conscious choice to do this. This is something you don't wait until you have time to do. This is something you make time for. Many people don't have time. You make time to pray. You make time for God. You make time for worship. You make it. You don't wait for the opportunity to come around. You'll never get to it. Why? You have an enemy that fights to keep you from having control and power of your own will. You with me? Not only is the will involved, but it's something else the word described. The affections, the whole inside. Your affections and the heart, everything, if you will, your whole inward part of it. Now, that's a serious commitment when God says, follow me. Jesus was not saying, if you have time or when you think about it, it means put everything into what I just said and let's go. And this is a very serious thing with people. When you come and you say, Lord, I dedicate my life to you, he's going to receive you, and he wants you now to dedicate everything towards him. And that's what you call a fair exchange. He's already let us know he doesn't like unjust weights and measures. If you said, I'm going to give you my all, then God expects you, you to give Thank you for listening to today's oh. broadcast. If you'd like this message in its entirety, contact us by phone at 407-628-3229, extension 114, or visit our online store at www.thelifecenter.org.